0: This is an I Am Listening exclusive podcast.
1: Sometimes things don't work out. doesn't matter if they don't work out because they're all learning experiences. Mistakes are how we learn and they can turn us to different paths and we end up doing things that we never thought we'd doing because you took a different path because maybe you made a mistake. So therefore there are no mistakes.
2: You are listening to the Don't Be A Stranger podcast. On each episode, I'll be travelling across the UK to interview members of the general public anonymously on various topics that crop up in all of our lives. Psychological studies have even suggested that when in conversation with a stranger, they can actually reveal more information than to someone in their own social circle. So whilst I traipse across the UK in locations such as parks, cafes, seasides and high streets, you can sit back, relax and listen to the tales and perspectives of the members of our general public. To celebrate the end of series one, I thought it was time to switch things up. I have spent so many hours approaching complete strangers and delving into their stories, values, and opinions on different topics, but I don't even know some of the answers my own social circle would give. So for this final episode, I'm gonna be asking some of the same questions that I've asked complete strangers, but this time to my closest friends and family, some of the people that have made me who I am today. Let's hear from my friend, Mike first, who I've known for years. We actually met through my best friend, Ellie, who you will also hear from in this episode. Mike and I have a very open and honest friendship and we usually know when one of us is struggling, but let's ask him about his own mental health to a deeper level, which in all our years of friendship, I've never really asked him about. Do you find it easy or difficult to talk about your own mental health?
0: It is very difficult. But at the end of the day, um, I'm more inclined to speak about it now. Probably about a few months ago, I'll be complete opposite. So like, I was like, struggling mentally. Like, it's all about self-confidence. Like, I just was not confident with myself at all. So whether that be like job, whether that be like love life, or whether like just with friends, it just, it, it wasn't great. So I actually had to go get a therapist. And that absolutely opened up my mind and the world, basically. So her name was Antonella, face to face over like Zoom, Teams, like it was amazing. And she essentially just dug deep into like what the core problems were, like what was causing it. And I'm, I'm more like, I can realize it now but like it's still there like the problems I'm having is still there but I can speak about it a lot more
2: because we spoke about it when you went and got therapy and I remember you said how much it sort of helped you and even like I hope you don't mind me saying because I can cut this out if you want but even when you did get it and you were on your like last therapy session I remember you were saying that you were like nervous to not have it anymore that's how helpful it was in your life but when you initially reached out for it like how was that process in your head like was it as easy as I'm going to go get therapy I'm going to book my session and this is going to help me or was there t- more to it
0: I think, like at the time I wasn't really too aware of what was actually going on that it was just a constant like numbness So of course mental health with men is very difficult is Harder to talk about which obviously is a bit of a shame, but it's the reality to be fair Like the reason I was worried afterwards is because I was too reliant I think I was just too reliant on it and other people but once I did finish it I was kind of like actually like I need to now focus on myself how I can go about doing it without her and it absolutely changed absolutely everything like I'm now like on an absolute process where it's just like think about your next breath rather than your current breath that is the motto I'm going by at the moment and it works big time because like you're always constantly thinking about the present but you don't want to think about the future but you got to think about all the habits you've got because every habit is leading to the outcome you have. Now I've started to focus on what habits I do have and what I need to change, or just to so I can get to just being happy like 100 all the time, and it, it's working. Mental health now to me is so important, like so so important. Like I'm not sure. Have you seen the Jonah Hill documentary with his therapist on Netflix? No, I haven't. It's outrageous. Like it's so good.
2: It's outrageous. <laughs>
0: Um, I can't remember the guy's name but he's basically got like a whole process with like mental health that is completely different to like the normal
2: what was your main takeaway from watching that program I'm gonna watch it I'll link it as well in the show notes but what was your main takeaway from it
0: my main takeaway was more more focused than like the Hill and how it like how he bounced back going through what he went through um obviously he's in a great position in life like he's very successful but it shows like everyone everyone like absolutely everyone can deal with these problems so like my main takeaway was kind of like well if he's going through it and obviously he's focused on it I can do that too and that is unbelievable documentary especially if you're struggling at the moment
2: how important do you think your work plays a factor in your own mental health
0: massively like 100% working somewhere like you're you're doing that most of your time you are that's how everyone gets by if you're not happy at work you're just going to be completely miserable completely
3: i hope you don't mind me
2: saying you weren't happy and you ended up actually handing in your notice before you had lined up another job so that's quite a bold move quite risque but you kind of had to put your happiness first is that right or have I got the wrong end of the stick there
0: no you've got that exactly right like like for whatever reason it just wasn't working for me so I'm willing to take that risk then focus on like building myself up because yes happiness is so important yeah I had to put myself first in the way so I just essentially had to go like yeah no it's not working out
2: and even like your LinkedIn posts normally when people leave a job they're like I'm leaving here and I'm now starting a position here and there was a point obviously you now have started your new job in the last week but there was a period for like a couple of weeks where you just did this post and it was actually I thought I haven't said this to you i thought it was really powerful like what you did you literally just so comfy was like this is the end of a chapter here and you hadn't lined up the new one and you didn't have to and there was no problem with that and most people always be like and now i'm starting this position and you didn't do that and that's completely okay and like it has worked out in your favor like you took a risk you didn't have anything else lined up but you're like no i need to put my happiness first and like we all celebrated that
0: you guys were so supportive but yeah like I can't carry that burden forever.
2: When you say I'm going to be successful in your life, like what does that mean to you? I've always wanted to ask you this.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's a very good question. Success to me at the moment, um, I'm actually still trying to figure that out. I'm more like focusing on my own personal progression. At the moment, that's success. If I'm progressing personally, then I know I'm going to get to the goals that I'm going to be at. Like if I'm just focusing on long-term, it's not going to work out because you've got to, as I said earlier, like you've got to build up the habits to make yourself get to where you want to be don't know where I'll be which will be great so like at the moment I'm really just trying to focus on what makes me happy rather than going for like an overall happiness like it's just constantly build it up so like I'm not sure if you struggle with mental health but like
2: oh yeah like I overthink but my
0: brain never switches off what sort of things do you overthink about
1: (laughs) you're loving this
2: you are loving this me the mic What sort of things do I overthink about? I have a real thing of, like, I always have to be really productive. And, like, if I, like, too much, like, if I haven't done anything in my day...
0: Yeah, you'll find yourself in, like, a pit. Yeah. yeah. I'm
2: Sometimes you need to just chill, and that's okay. And it's just finding the balance of, like, chilling, relaxing, and enjoying life. But, like, also getting the stuff done you want to make you feel fulfilled. Can you tell me something about yourself that would surprise some people or like something about yourself that like not many people know
0: sometimes i come across as like a really like happy overconfident person you will you also see me like at times where i'm just very quiet and i don't say much and that's normally when i'm at my lowest but then like a lot of people don't see me that way um if they do then i always feel like the, this is where the anxiety comes in like I always think like people probably won't want to be around right like, around me if I'm like
2: oh my god this is one thing I have I actually think this Mike we haven't spoken about this before I think this I then get into this real like this is the self-destructive like mentality that I have and then I'm like oh they're not going to like me if I'm not happy all the time or did I should I have said that have I said too much am I coming across annoying oh, you think the same
0: thing yeah absolutely but the thing is that the fact that I'm trying to put on the brave face to prevent that, that's, again, like, that's one of the problems that I do have. So, like, really trying to, like, stop doing that, it, again, like, easier said than done. But it's, you need to do it, especially, like, talk about how you feel.
2: We always check up on each other and be like, how are you? And we know when, like, one of us is not doing well, like, in our own friendship group. I don't know if you feel the same, but we don't often, very rare that we full on go into detail like this.
0: That's one of the things I wish we did more. One of the main things that has kept me happy as well is like speaking to people about it. So like Kenny, for example, when I was really going through it and I didn't want to speak to anyone about it, I spoke to him about it broke down absolutely in tears. But he's the sort of person to I can open up to and he will just give me the best opinion and also also have like my best interest at heart. I just I think like with all of us, we all need to find our one person that we can do that with. Because once you find that person, it makes it so much easier. You appreciate what you have rather than what you want.
2: Yes. My last question is, if you, and I ask everyone this, if you could give your younger self a message, you could write little Mike a little message that he could read, what would you say to him?
0: Probably say, take your foot off the gas. Like, don't always, always, like, jump into things, like, accelerate 100 miles per hour at a time. Relax really focus and just, yeah, drive by.
2: That conversation with Mike goes to show that you're not crossing a line by straight up asking your mates how their mental health is. As I said earlier, I always knew when one of us was struggling in our friendship group, but we've never really delved this deep. And we both said after this interview that it felt like a therapy session in itself. There were things that I'd been overthinking when I was in group settings. And turns out someone in the same group was feeling the exact same, but we'd never spoken about it. I hope this encourages you to speak to your friends about these topics that you tend to skip over. Sometimes it's the ones who seem the happiest that have the most going on in their head. This next interview is with my best friend of 10 years, Ellie and her boyfriend, Liam. At times I genuinely am convinced that these two are telepathically connected. So it would only be right to interview them about their relationship, but with a twist. I interviewed Ellie and Liam separately and gave them no heads up on what I was going to be asking them. They were asked the exact same questions to see how connected they really are in their answers. So, for the listeners, are you in a relationship? Are you single?
4: I'm in a relationship. I'm happily married off.
5: Okay, so my relationship status is cuffed. I'm off
2: the market. <laughs> <laughs> Can you explain how you and Ellie know each other and how you are where you are today?
4: I actually went into Ralph Lauren. She was there. That was the first of the time I met her when we were younger.
2: Me and Liam met
5: about five years ago. I worked at Ralph, he worked at Boss, he walked past and we did that cheeky little eye. and I was like, mm. and I know he was thinking, mm. and I was like, okay. But you know, you just think like, wow, but I don't know who this guy is. Could have just been a passing look. But then, what do you know? He slid in the DMs and we had a little thing, a little casual thing.
4: Yeah, we ended up going to the same gym together. Then we had a little something and then just parted ways.
5: But. Ever since that moment, I was hung up on him. No matter who I was with, what I was doing, I was always talking about Liam, to Becca, to my mum, whoever. I had previously blocked him, actually, due to a previous relationship. And so I got out of that relationship. Some shenanigans went down and I thought, you know, I'm going to take him off that block list. And I did just that. And I took him off and within minutes, I had a message coming See so you single now then
4: i was in france and she sent me a message in french and I, I had to translate it let's not say what it is and um but yeah it was something quite exciting to look forward to ended up going on a little date and then yeah things just took off
5: we went on a date. we went on our first date. we went on 14 dates to be precise because that's his lucky number that's his birthday
4: 14 dates i think we went on before i asked her out
5: so, yeah, we went on 14 dates because he kept saying to me, can I ask you to be my <laughs> girlfriend? And I was like, no, <laughs> yeah. I was like, no, you can't. Um, And then on the 14th date, he popped the question. And here we are. Do you believe in soulmates? I believe in soulmates. A hundred percent. I just feel like you meet someone and it's natural and you can be yourself around that person. And you don't really have a choice about who that is. Or when it comes that's
2: your person
5: I think
4: I found mine yeah absolutely
2: so you think there's one person out there for you and that person is Ellie
4: I think I think when you know you know and when your your energy's a bit matched you know
2: so if I asked you do you believe in love at first sight what would you say
4: a lot of people including myself do find it hard to trust a person straight away so once you've earned my trust I'll love you then I feel like yes I do believe a strong lust for someone when you first meet them and for that I've never I've never felt lust for someone as I have for L's but I do think to fully love someone saying love at first sight or whatnot you have to trust in a person
5: I don't think you can love someone from a look because if you're going off someone's appearance that isn't love to love someone I think it's majority about personality loving someone is trusting them being yourself around them so i don't think you can love someone at first sight but if i'm being honest with the audience as i said in my little how did we meet story when i saw liam i was like yeah 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 that's that's him who is more competitive (laughs)
4: i know exactly who she's she's gonna say me but like low key from an outsider's point of view i'm more competitive but deep down inside she hates losing to me and she'll like do anything to make a point i'm not bitching about her i'm just like doing this interview yeah but (laughs) it's me and i know she'll say me i reckon
5: liam it's liam like (laughs) never in my whole life have I met someone as competitive as Liam? Me saying that makes me sound competitive, but put it this way he has a little baby cousin. <laughs> and even when he plays like video games, football, whatever, with this baby cousin, he will not lose. And like we've been to the pub, we've been playing pool against some little innocent little 11 year olds. And he'll just wipe the table. Like he won't even, he won't even give him a small glimmer of hope. He wipes the table. He is the most competitive. How many children does Liam want? And how many children do you want? Minimum two, one of each, a girl and a boy. If we end up having a basketball team, it happens. Do you know what I mean? But two potentially three.
4: I'm not sure if she'll say two because I want two, but like she might say, I think. She said three in the past. There was, was it two girls and one boy, I think. But I'd like any, like I literally wouldn't I wouldn't even care. I'd be lucky enough to have a kid.
2: And if you could name it, what would the name be?
4: If I had a son, I would want to call him Ramby for my granddad.
2: Oh, that is a cute name. A little baby Ramby.
4: Yeah, that's my general. You know we I mean?
5: If we had a girl and a boy, then the boy would be called Ramby because Liam's Grandad, I want to say. Ramos Rambi. What do you think the secret is to a strong relationship? Probably laughter. That's me personally, though. If you can make me laugh, like, wow, I'm sold. But you have to be able to be yourself around someone, like, 100%. Because if you're changing yourself for someone, you're never going to be happy. But when you find someone where... You can just let it all hang out and be yourself. That's it. Yeah, that is the secret. If you can be yourself around someone, then happy days. Obviously, like, you've got to be able to communicate and you've got to be able to be honest with each other and trust each other. But laughter, being yourself, that's the most
2: important thing. What do you think the secret behind a strong relationship is?
4: Having a crease up, lad literally just having a laugh like, like yeah attraction comedy and intensity as well
2: who has the best taste in clothes liam
4: <laughs> oh no so she's got a great taste in clothes but i i'm a fashion student so like <laughs>
2: me <laughs> next pass it's not me <laughs> what country would ellie choose to live in
4: i think she'd pick some a lot of Australia, because they got plenty of sun. And you know how much she likes her tan in bed, so it costs her a lot less.
5: Probably Australia, because I can speak the language first of all, which is a great benefit to have. It's just fabulous. Like it's hot. It's near so many places that I'd love to go.
2: What about Liam? If Liam could live in one country that wasn't in the UK, where would your boyfriend choose to live? He would want to go to
5: Guyana.
4: Guyana, obviously. I'm a jungleist. Like. That's my family. Like that's yeah, I'd have to go back. Like I just love it every time I go. Like people are happy, got my whole family over there. Um, yeah, and the land of many waters.
2: And then my last question: This isn't about relationships. This is literally just about you. Take Ellie out of this equation. If you could give your younger self a piece of advice, something that you wish you had known sooner, what would you tell the younger version of you?
4: Do you know what? I would have actually said, enjoy the moment that you're living in because life gets fucking well more stressful, doesn't it? As you get older. So I just think, yeah, live in the moment. Don't think about the future. Um, Don't think about too much money. Enjoy the time with your friends as well, because your friends will always be there. Like, Els is always hopefully going to be there for me, but like, your friends will always be there. So never forget your friends as well. Oh yeah, I feel like I partied a bit too hard when I was younger as well. I should have saved some of that for when I got older, because now it takes me, what, two days to actually recover from a hangover.
2: I'm the same, though. I actually can't recover anymore. We're still so young.
4: Oh, God, yeah, we are as well, and I feel like 40. Yeah, that's not good. I don't even get ID'd anymore. I can't even remember the last time I get ID'd. Are you joking? No, literally not. Apart from this one lady at Asda, I'm not trying to call her out, but, like, bitch. <laughs>
2: You've heard me ask many a stranger this. So you know what's coming. But if you could give little Ellie a message, what would it be? Don't take anything
5: too seriously. I mean, I am i don't really anyway, <laughs> but when I have felt low, I completely overthink. Like I just spiral and I overthink. And I would just say, just stop it. Like life is not that serious. You don't need to overthink things or worry about what people are thinking or how they're going to react. Just be you. Just 100% be you. Like Life is just fun. You don't have long here so just literally have the best time you
2: can. Next up is Ari. Now, Ari is a friend of mine from secondary school and she always has the most interesting perspective on any topic. So I thought that I would ask her why her relationship with social media is different to most people our age.
3: I started using Snapchat again for group chats, staying in contact with people, especially when I'm at university. Um, I use Instagram, but I do not and will not have TikTok. And I don't really use Facebook apart from for marketplace. And Twitter, I again, stay away from. It just seems like a place for arguments. Why um, wouldn't you use TikTok? I've never asked you this before. Well, I have a lot of very specific views about it. I mean, I always found a lot of the content. It didn't. I didn't. I know that everyone, everyone would tell me, "Oh, it's all about a for you page." You know, you tailor it to yours. But people want to blow up, so they will do and say anything. And I also know that the way the algorithm, so the real reason is often it's the stuff that's behind it. So like where it's headquartered. I've read a lot into like the privacy policy. And it's, it's been banned in government now, hasn't it? The use of TikTok. Fair enough, because yeah, there's a lot of stuff that it's not necessarily. You know, you would no one reads privacy policy but they have a lot of access to a lot of data and the way they can influence algorithms and just algorithms in general and this applies to a lot of social media including Instagram but I know that I've heard TikTok's really bad for it is you know so a young girl she says there was someone that did commit suicide and they tracked the stuff she'd been seeing online and tiktok was really bad for it where she'd seen one thing about depression and then because once you've liked one video it shows all the stuff that you know that's how the algorithm works it keeps throwing stuff at you so i feel like it's a bad path for radicalization of any kind of idea it just leads to extreme views of any any sort whether it's about gender whether it's about race whether it's literally about you know i don't want to work and like we shouldn't all you know it's, it's become a trend to quit your nine to five. Yeah, and it's just like when all these things are bombarded at you and that's just how an algorithm works and they know what they're doing, those companies are harvesting your data and selling it on. If One of my favourite things I saw in this Netflix documentary is if the thing you're using is free, then you're the product. And so we are the product when we use social media and they do everything they can to keep you engaged. And, yeah, it just worries me because so powerful. If the things you're using are free, then you are the product. Oh, my God. They're selling your data. That's why they keep you on there for as long as you can, because that's more data for them to sell on to all these third parties. So, yeah, personally, I find TikTok's just an extra level of one that I don't necessarily feel like I want to engage with. So you don't use TikTok,
2: but you do use Instagram. And obviously on Instagram, that are influencers. So would you say you're influenced by the influencers?
3: I would say absolutely not. And I do pride myself in this because I can see those walking advertisements from a mile away and I really don't fall for it. I just think like I can see what they're there for. You know, they're getting paid to show off these products either, or they're getting, given them for free, but still to show off these products. Like I've never been interested because I don't like the toxic side of social media. I like to surround my feed with things that are either funny. So like I do, I love a meme page. I mean my friend recently introduced me to Reels so I know that that's like a kind of similar to
2: TikTok. Reels are basically TikTok and sometimes I think I'm on TikTok and I realise that I'm trapped actually
3: in Reels. The most of the stuff I follow is quite positive things like I obviously like I love yoga so a lot of it's like yoga content. People that just spread positivity like normal bodies all that kind of stuff like I don't like the people that are there to edit their photos make anyone just you know showing off their life like I don't i don't see why you'd want to like put yourself through that because the inevitable thing about social media is you're always going to compare yourself that's just like part of our psychology basically and that's what a lot of it plays into you know look at what you can all have but it just i feel like it's just a road to sadness so like i did delete instagram for quite a while i do definitely think i have fallen for the trap a little bit at points in my life which is why i find it
2: so interesting asking people about it because it can be so amazing and so great and positive. If you surround yourself by the right content, but also it can be very negative. So I find it interesting to see. So I think it's over fifty percent of the globe now use social media, and it, I find it interesting to see like if that many people are using it, and it's become like a
3: natural reaction to pick up your phone. How is it actually like impacting people? Like what's going on in their brains of it? If anything ever made me feel like unworthy or I was comparing myself or any kind of way, I was like, no, I don't want that on my feed. So now I see my Instagram as Macy, just like a scrapbook, because that's what it was about. It was just a photo sharing app, and that's still how I see it. It's just, I like to make it my little scrapbook of all my memories, friends, places, like pretty things. So that sometimes, yeah, I can look back through. Like you said, it's just about using it for what it was meant to be for. Yeah, like social media was supposed to foster connection, and I just feel like we're in a society that's become ever more anti social. I find it so much in London. Bristol's a little bit better, but I find London is awful for this. You go on the public transport and everyone's glued to their phone. But we said in Cornwall, we went to Cornwall a few weeks ago, we were saying this is so refreshing because no one's on their phone. I didn't get any photos, which again, like, that's the thing. Like, oh, I didn't get any photos, but for what? Like,
2: Sometimes the best times are when you're not taking photos and videoing and trying to capture memories to show for people because you're actually living in the moment. My last question, Ari, is, and you've been walking around with me whilst I've been asking people this question, but I want to know what your answer is going to be. So if you had to give your younger self a message, what would you tell little
3: Ari I have a lot of things I would tell (laughs) my little Ari, I can't lie. But I think I could sum it up in a few points. Does that allow? Absolutely. So there's a couple bullet points. I'd say first of all, literally enjoy every little moment. I think mindfulness in everything you do every day is such an important thing. Like never wish time away. Second of all is love yourself and never be ashamed to be yourself. And with that, don't people please. Don't feel like you owe anyone anything always have compassion but don't take that too far where you're sacrificing your own needs just to meet others i think yeah focus on yourself a bit more and just yeah really don't care what other people think don't give it time because you'll realize at this age that really none of that mattered even though people might have made it feel like people might have made you feel like it did yeah, you back on it and you're like it really didn't matter no i feel like a lot of people made me feel i had to be a certain way think school was a massive one going yeah i really yeah we went to an all-girls school from year seven to year 13 actually in the sixth
2: form it was mixed but seven to eleven it was all girls so i can really relate to that what you
3: just said okay biggest one yeah it's absolutely okay to be different you don't need to fit in and that's the beauty of it uniqueness is beauty and i love that
2: I asked Ari at the end of this interview, what the Netflix documentary that she referenced was called, where she said, if the thing you're using is free, then you are the product. She told me that it's called The Social Dilemma. I will also link this in the show notes, if it interests you. Could I have really made an episode about my own social circle, friends and family and not interview my own mum? My mum, AKA Melise is always my port of call if things go wrong in my life, especially when it comes to my love life. So let's ask her the same questions that I ask complete strangers about dating. How
1: did you meet Ian? I met Ian through a dating website and we met at Blue Water and I took my best friend with me as a chaperone so Ian and I had a coffee, got on really nicely, and then I had a great shopping trip with, with, with my best friend. Two for the price of one. I love that. So if it, the date went wrong,
2: you had a shopping trip as a backup. How did you know, right, I'm now going to start trying to find my partner online rather than in the real world organically?
1: Because as a single parent living in a rural community, the chances of meeting somebody just like that were really slim and it was the way forward and it still is the way forward, I think. So yeah, um, it was fun. It was easy. It was innocent. You could dip in and dip out when you wanted. Uh, Yeah. uh, It was the only way to meet somebody if you wanted to. And with the options of meeting people for whatever you wanted, if you wanted something long-term or shorter, those options are out there.
2: Have you had any bad experiences using online dating apps? Because I mean, I'm
1: assuming Ian wasn't the only person you went... Was he the only person you went on a date with from online? I went out with a guy for a year that I met online uh, before um, Ian. And uh, I went on a few dates. But quite often when you see somebody, when you chat to them, it's not the same as when you meet them. And when you meet them, it's either there or it's not. There's not a connection. So I did go on a few dates. Um, I decided early on that I would... If somebody was interested in me, they could contact me. I wouldn't do it the other way around. I wouldn't contact them because I found that when I was the one that contacted other people, those relationships did not pan out to anything.
2: Really? You've never said this to me before. I kind of do this. I let people come to me. I don't know why I do that, though. It's not even because I'm afraid of shooting my shot. If I'm honest, I think it's because I... I'm a strong believer. We haven't ever spoken about this, but I'm a strong believer in matching someone's energy. So like I if someone gives me 100%, I'll match that and I'll give them 100%. And there's a big part of me that in the society that I've grown up in with online dating, if I shoot my shot, there's going to be a bit of a dynamic where it's not 50-50 and it's me maybe giving them 70 and then giving me 30.
1: Maybe that's why for me. Why is it for you? Um, I just felt that if somebody contacted me they liked me whereas if it was the other way around I contacted them and they might go oh yeah she's all right and I just felt that it was I wanted them to be more interested in me initially but I did have um, I did have one not very nice sort of comment back from somebody Um, I always I did have a lot of messages when I met Ian, I did have a lot of messages people contacting me, and I sifted through them a bit. I suppose like Hinge, it was in that day they didn't have Hinge, but it was like oh no 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 no. But I sent messages back to everybody, thanks but no thanks. And one guy responded to me, and I sent a really polite message, you know, it's really thank you very much, but you know I don't think we're suited. And he sent a message back. It was horrible. Um, and he just said, oh I hope you die, I hope your children die. I mean, it was horrible absolutely horrible
2: oh my god you have all these people all these men falling at your feet and that one comment we're
1: still talking about how many years later well yes 16 years later 16. it scared me actually because then I just thought he was so horrible and said such nasty things um because I'd said no thank you um and I, I, I it just scared me it made me very aware that you just don't know who's out there and just you know somebody can say something nice one minute and they can be an absolute nutter the next, so it's about you need to have your wits about you.
2: So this goes on to something else. So obviously, sometimes two people see each other, and people lose interest. It's part of the world. It's the way it works. So if you ever lost interest in someone, are you someone that would say to them directly, or would you let it fizzle out? I'm not going to lie.
1: I'm sometimes a girl that would let it fizzle out. It's really difficult to let it fizzle out. I think we've all given that a go at some point when you've been in a relationship that's not going anywhere and you really want to end it. You're just hoping that if you just don't put the effort in, they might just turn around and tell you to bugger off. But generally, they don't. And you have to face your fears at some point and say, I'm really sorry, but no. So, yes, I have tried that. And when I have tried that, it has failed. And I've had to to put my big girl knickers on. (laughs) and say I'm really sorry this isn't going to work out and it's really tough it's really hard to do that it's not nice because you don't want to hurt somebody's feelings do you think dating when you were my age is different to the dating scene now do you think it's the same do you think it's evolved it is different because you if you met somebody that you liked you maybe chat to them and then maybe you go out on a date and then you might have another date and that was it if you had you were boyfriend and girlfriend. We talk about this a lot because it's not just you're either
2: sleeping with someone or your boyfriend and girlfriend. Now there's a lot more to it. There's, I don't know if this is influenced just by Love Island. This is where I started seeing it. But people come out of Love Island exclusive, but not boyfriend and girlfriend, which is just not a thing when you you get, say to me, I don't understand that because it wasn't
1: like that in your day. I suppose there were things that we did that were a bit similar to now but in a very old-fashioned way um, you you know you use social media in my day and this wasn't common amongst a lot of people I use <laughs> CB radio
2: we couldn't have done a podcast episode and you not mention CB radio <laughs> tell us about CB radio for people that
1: haven't heard of it before people that are on CB radio were ridiculed however I will just say, I met so many people through CB radio. I met so many friends. I have boyfriends that I met through CB radio. Can you explain what it is for people that don't know? It's, um, it's You're basically using walkie-talkies with, um, uh, uh, yeah, basically walkie-talkies, but with a longer distance so that you can meet people further away. And then there would be a certain lingo or language that you used when you were using CB radio. Um, Like one four for a copy, good buddy. What does that mean? Um, Oh, it just means, is there anyone out there that fancies a chat? (laughs) One four for a copy, good buddy. (laughs) I'm going to use that as a pickup line on Hinge. Or my favourite is when you heard friends talking and you wanted to be part of the conversation, you'd say, on the side, on the side. And if they wanted to let you into the conversation, they'd say, on the side slide. so did you ever go on a cb radio date
2: a date that had evolved from cb radio i did stop it
1: so that's kind of like a blind date well it is because what you would <laughs> you start chatting to people and the term for if you if you were talking to somebody that sounded quite nice you'd ask if they had <laughs> if they had a seat cover <laughs> a seat cover is a boyfriend or a girlfriend <laughs> that is like online dating before online dating I guess it was actually but but it wasn't just to meet people to date it was for a social thing as well I made so many friends through it so it was a, it was a bit of both and it was it was the innocence of not not looking for dates it was it was about making friendships and meeting new people so it was it, it was all encompassing so
2: my question that I've asked strangers that I want to ask you is, have you had any embarrassing
1: dating stories? One in particular, which wasn't really a dating story. It was more about a guy that was quite interested in me, that I wasn't interested in him. And he caught me by surprise. Um, he was waiting by behind my car for me one day when I was coming home from, from work. And um, he got out of his car and sort of, he asked me out and I was, I'm um, pathetic i just completely went to pieces and was completely embarrassing and just got flustered and went oh oh, i've got a boyfriend even though i didn't i was just really really flustered didn't know how to respond he was bare chested because it was a hot summer day and he was rubbing his chest and he said do you like chest shaven or hairy i was i just didn't know what to say and i went oh 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 you're fine as you are you're fine as you are And then he grabbed hold of my hand and pushed it onto his chest and said, this beats for you. Oh
2: my God, that is awful. You're not dating anymore and you are happily married.
1: What do you think the secret to
2: your relationship is?
1: You can be very alike and and you can get on really, really well. But inevitably, you know, there's a selfish part of us that wants things our way. And I think you just have to compromise and and understand that there are ups and downs in a relationship. There'll, there'll be good times. There'll be bad times. It's about working to make that relationship work and working to understand the other person. Do you believe in soulmates? I do believe in soulmates. Yes, definitely. Um, but not just in love, but in friendship. Um, I think there are people that we meet that we just connect with in a way, in a deep, deep way that is is not superficial and you just it just doesn't happen with everybody. So I do think there are soulmates, friendship and, and relationship wise. That's a
2: very good answer. And my final question, I ask every stranger this, so I have to ask my own mum. If you had a piece of advice that you could tell the younger version of you, do you know what you would tell the younger Melise?
1: I would tell the younger Melise to believe in herself um that i can do what much more than i believe i can do and that there are no wrong choices in life i definitely think you should take that advice carrying forwards well yeah i try to actually but it's quite hard when you've believed in a certain way about yourself for a long long time to actually convince yourself to think in a different way but i yeah and i believe that everybody should be should be like that that they should you know have more faith in themselves and if sometimes things don't work out doesn't matter if they don't work out because they're all learning experiences mistakes are how we learn and they can turn us to different paths and we end up doing things that we never thought we'd doing because you took a different path because maybe you made a mistake so therefore there are no mistakes
2: And just like that, that marks the end of series one of the Don't Be A Stranger podcast. I made this series to test the psychological theories that at times strangers can reveal more information than your own social circle. If anything from interviewing my friends and family to interviewing complete strangers that I bump into in the streets, The anonymity has actually encouraged a lot more honesty and openness. Sometimes in a world that is more connected than ever through technology, our society can feel so disconnected and out of touch with reality. I hope this series has shown you that there is still so much love and kindness in this world, even when at times it doesn't feel like it. If this was the first episode that you stumbled across and you like what you heard, the full series full of interviews with complete strangers on different topics is out now. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, don't be a stranger. To see more content and advice from the strangers that I meet along the way, make sure to follow Don't Be A Stranger podcast on Instagram and TikTok. And check out our website, don'tbeastranger.co.uk.
0: This has been an I Am Listening original podcast. For more information, head over to our website at im-listening.co.uk.